Welcome to the Juno Report, brought to you by Guide Dog Users Incorporated, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. The Juno Report is a monthly audio magazine featuring all things guide dogs, training programs, and items of general interest to guide dog teams. We welcome your feedback, ideas, and suggestions. Get in touch with the Juno Report by emailing junoreport at guidedogusersinc.org. Again, that email address is Juno, J-U-N-O, report at guidedogusersinc.org. I love my dog, baby, I love my dog. Na, 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 I said I love my dog, baby, I love my dog. And now, let's get on with today's program of the Juno Report. And good evening, everyone. It's evening here anyway. This is Deb Cook-Lewis with the Juno Report for August, and we do have an exciting episode for you, as we usually try to do. Before we uh, go to that episode, I want to uh, make an appeal. No, it's not time for the annual fundraising to fund the Juno Report (laughs) dog treats or something, but it is time to remind you that we really need your ideas for content. Um, If there's someone you think we should interview or a topic we should try to explore, either with with guide dog users or with schools or uh, with a panel or in some way, uh, it would be really, really helpful to hear from you about that because actually we're sort of low on content right now for Juno and, and if we don't have any, there won't be a Juno report. So if you've got ideas about that, please share them with us and you can do that by sending email to Juno Report at guidedogusersinc.org. That's Juno Report at guidedogusersinc.org. Now, we just got done with the 2020 virtual convention, and one of GDUI's fabulous presentations is online and in the podcast feed now. So if you would like to hear the program about pet massage, which is very fascinating, you should go up to the podcast feed and either get that as a file or subscribe to the convention podcast. Uh, next month, uh, if unless I come up with really great other ideas, I'm going to show you a little more about how how to get the Juno Report podcast and all the ways you can, because I have a feeling that some of you don't know that, and and I want you to. So we will cover that, but not today. Today, we're actually going to... uh, play uh, the first guide dog session that from this year's convention, um, which is the school updates and is always a really exciting time at the convention. We're doing this because... Um, Our ACB radio crew has worked so hard to get uh, the sessions into the podcast feed, but they're not all there yet. And this afternoon when I was looking for something else, I discovered that this is not there yet. So since it's not there yet, and if you missed it, and even if you heard it, there was so much going on that maybe hearing it again would be good. So this is edited, and some of the questions are not included, and all the can you hear me's are taken out. But but um but basically this is the content from the seven schools who joined us and i think you'll really enjoy it so let's join 
uh, Vicki Curley, who is the GDUI Schools Liaison, and the Guide Dog Schools Report for 2020. So I am going to start first. Welcome, Jesse, from Guiding Eyes uh, for the Blind. Thank you, Jesse. Hi. Thank you, Vicki. And uh, you are right. These are definitely unusual times. Um, but I am very happy to be here representing Guiding Eyes. Um, I'll tell you just a little bit about myself before I go into the update. I've been with Guiding Eyes um, as a guide dog mobility instructor for 18 years. Uh, and I recently, uh, most recently in our specialized training program. And I recently moved into our um, admissions department as the manager of admissions. Um, I started that job in March, right before all of the coronavirus happened. So it, it has definitely been an adventure for me, uh, learning learning a new job uh, in very unusual times. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm happy to be here. Uh, even though we can't be there in person, it's nice to be able to connect with everybody in this virtual platform. So um, I do have updates. Uh, so I am happy to say that Guiding Eyes was able to reopen uh, both of our campuses on June 15th. Um, we were closed from mid-March to, to the middle of June. Uh, our, our Yorktown campus, which is our training center, and our Canine Development Center in Patterson, New York, both have staff reporting to work, which makes us really happy. Um, Probably our biggest change as far as our training programs is that we um, we are temporarily not doing our residential training program. So we're not going to be doing a class program. We are going to be servicing everybody through our home training program. So it's a big change for us, um, but we do feel right now that that's, that's the safest option for us. Um, so all of our all of our training staff that was involved or is involved in what is normally our residential program is going to be involved in the home training program. Um, we have done one home training so far um, with a graduate in Vermont, uh, and we were super excited to actually be able to safely do that placement and and get the team get the team together and we do have another home training that's starting this week out in the state of colorado so we're also really excited to to get that one started as well um as far as the rest of our programs um our, our specialized training program is operating as it normally does. The same thing will apply for specialized training. Uh, that'll be solely home training placements, which is actually pretty typical for our specialized training program too. Um, and as far as, as our admissions department is, is operating as normal, we're accepting applications. We are still doing, um, uh, our home interview process, uh, which has has changed a little bit um, for for guiding eyes, the home interview process has generally been an in person home interview, and we are now turning our home interview basically into a into a two part process. So if you if you haven't had your 
if you've applied to Guiding Eyes and haven't had your home interview yet, uh, this is what your home interview is, is going to look like in the future going forward. Um, the first part of the home interview, uh, which for us has generally been um, just information exchange where we're asking questions to the person on the interview. They're asking us questions to get information about our program. We are going to be doing that um, either over the phone or on a virtual platform using FaceTime or Zoom. Um, and then the second part of, of that home interview can either be an in-person interview or um, we are also going to be doing uh, video recordings. So um, that will be determined with your regional guide dog mobility instructor. Um, with that video, if you if you are able to submit a video to us for the home interview, we have come up with um, a, a few guidelines uh, of things to follow that we are sending to people via email or just giving them the information over the phone. Um, and then if we do come and see you, if we are going to do an in-person home interview, at this point in time, um, the the person you'll be working with, the regional guide dog mobility instructor, will most likely be wearing personal protective equipment. And if we're not able to maintain physical distancing, um, they will probably also ask you to wear personal protective equipment when needed. Um, our goal there is just to try and keep everybody as safe as possible. All right. Um, and as far as, so that's pretty much our changes for, for applicants. If you're in the process of getting a guide dog and have not yet been approved. Um, for our graduates, uh, we do have, we are still doing follow-up support. Um, that's really important to us and always has been as a school. We have been able to get out and see some people in person to do follow-ups and work with them in their home environment. Uh, we've also been uh, doing follow-ups um, using technology, which uh, has been <laughs> has, has been a lot of fun, actually. Um, it, it's opened up a whole new world, I think, for, for many of us who've been in the field as instructors for a while and are very used to just doing everything with our graduates um, in person and being able to be there. Um, it, it's been a big a big change um, doing things through technology, but certainly there's also been some advantages to using technology and doing um, follow-ups through FaceTime or working with family members to be able to see the team working. Um, so so we're actually pretty excited about about um, the technology aspect of of and adding it into uh, our our services. Um, whether it's through training, whether it's with our graduates, uh, whether it's with the applicants, um, it's certainly been been a new uh, innovation for us. But we really, uh, we really see that it, it has a lot of potential. It has a lot of potential for the future. Um, let me see. I think I think I've covered just about everything. Um, I think. Oh, let me just add one more. I mean. Many of you may know um, our, our manager of admissions prior to me was Ben Colley. Um, ben is now our director of training at Fatty Nice. 
Um, and he is also, uh, so he's still working. We still have Kathy Zubricki. Kathy Zubricki is still our vice president of training, but Ben has moved into that director of training role. And he started that um, right in March, right before all of this happened as well. So he's been, uh, he's been uh, do, doing a great job. I mean, really, it's been a whole new world for everybody. And I'm sure, I'm sure everybody, every guide dog school is sort of in the same situation where many, uh, Many things are changing very fast and very quickly, sometimes on a daily basis. So we're just doing our best to to be able to provide our services um, to the people that need them. And we're looking forward to doing that in the future. Uh, we are looking at some point to bring back that residential class program. We don't want it to go away completely. Um, but for the foreseeable future, we are going to be working through the home training program. Let's go ahead and move forward to Rivi Israel from Guide Dog Foundation. Okay. Hello guys, thank you very much, Vicki. Appreciate uh, you guys doing all this work and putting this presentation together and this whole uh, group. I just wanna say thank you for everybody for attending and listening to the updates for the schools. For those of you that are new to Guide Dogs, uh, the Guide Dog Foundation is located on Long Island in New York. We were founded in 1946. We have a two-week program with home trainings available. We do have a student-to-one instructor ratio when on campus. We also do offer ownership to our clientele as well as continued support. Uh, this past year, the Guide Dog Foundation has continued all of its excellent care with all of our applicants and graduates. Um, again, we do have immediate follow-up support with our field service representatives. We currently have six field service representatives placed um, each field service rep does have a particular zone that they are responsible for. That also allows each applicant and each graduate to have their own personal field service rep. Uh, so if there's any uh, anything that does resolve, any questions, any comments, you do have your own personal field rep available. Uh, we do ask our consumers to call the Guide Dog Foundation, um, our main phone number, uh, in order to ask questions, and then uh, the consumer, consumer service office will then direct the call to the field service rep. On the call today, we do have Lauren Berglin. She is uh, our consumer relations coordinator, uh, so she's on the call with us today. Uh, she is one of the wonderful people in the consumer service offices that does assist. Our field reps also do have the ability to assist all of our clients via phone, remotely using video, which all of us are doing right now, um, as well as in person. Uh, because of COVID-19, we certainly are taking extra precautions. Uh, so prior to any visit, we're doing a, a big checklist to make sure that both the staff as well as the consumers we're visiting are safe. This past year, we've graduated 48 guide dogs. Uh, this is pretty, pretty nice, especially with the situation we're all in right now with COVID-19. <laughs> have an organizational high of accepted applicants into our program. Um, so that's going to be a long wait for some applicants, but of course, we're doing the best we can to get our dogs training. During COVID-19, us, like many other guide dog schools, have paused training guide dogs for the past three months. Currently, our guide dog trainers are back up in training guide dogs, uh, and they started about three weeks ago. During COVID-19, our dogs were all outside of the kennel, and the trainers were working with dogs and even volunteers are working with the dogs with keeping up their obedience and house manners. Our instructors were also reaching out to various consumers to offer support. And we also have a wonderful at-home exercise projects that we were giving out to all of our consumers. 
If at all you're interested in learning some of these wonderful programs you can do with your dog, please contact iDog Foundation. We also do have some staff updates this past year. We have a new program education manager, Olivia Poff. You guys might rem remember her from the Today Show with Sunny, our puppy with a purpose, as well as Charlie, our other puppy with a purpose. So she is now our program education manager. We do have three brand new guide dog mobility instructors, Anna Williams, Cameron McLendon, and Christina Mirabli. We also have two brand new apprentice instructors. They honestly have the most interesting apprenticeship ever, considering they started three weeks before COVID-19 started and we had to close down campus. Um, our three new, new apprentice instructors are Katie Samuels, Olivia Deschler, and Lauren Cobb. They're wonderful and you guys will certainly meet them in the future. Uh, Lauren Berglund again joined our consumer service team this last year. And Barbara Kaiser retired after 35 years as a guide dog mobility instructor. Some other things that we've been doing this past year and what makes Guide Dog Foundation different from other guide dog schools is that we do have step identification and we have leash guiding. We also are doing home training, especially with COVID-19. The home training is going to be occurring probably starting probably the late summer, early fall. And we will certainly be in contact with any of our applicants that are waiting for dogs at this point, uh, just to be able to match them appropriately and to see what their availabilities are. Again, with COVID-19, we have various protocols in place to keep the staff as well as all of our consumers safe. If anybody is interested, we also do have an ACV REP continuing edu education credit course um, that's designed towards professionals. So if anybody is interested in that, please contact our consumer service office. I think that is it about us. Um, so certainly just kind of keep in touch with us with uh, if you're an applicant, we'll be in touch with you guys regarding any home trainings. Uh, we're gonna be doing on-campus training again in the future. Thank you guys so much and I hope everybody is helping you all. My name is Melissa Allman. I'm the advocacy and government relations specialist at the CNI. And I have been at the Seeing Eye now for, well, I celebrated my two-year anniversary at the Seeing Eye in April during COVID. So I did that at home. And it's a privilege to be working with, with this fantastic organization. I'm going to go back a little bit before the pandemic to talk to you about some things that were positive that happened that you may or may not already know about. In August of 20. 19, we celebrated our 90th anniversary with a splendid, special, and, and just jam-packed full of fun activities graduate reunion. I think we probably had about, well, definitely a couple hundred grads attend the reunion, and we had incredible help and support from staff and volunteers who worked very hard to make it the seamless and special event that it was. And one of those people who was so instrumental in that is Ginger Kutch. And I think all of you know who she is. She was the volunteer advocacy specialist at the Seeing Eye for many years before I came on board as a relative newbie. And she received the Morris Frank Award at the reunion, which is an award given to people who are blind or visually impaired who exemplify the, the spirit and sort of the advocacy approach and efforts that, that Morris Frank is so well known for. 
in terms of their advocacy efforts for people who are are blind and, and visually impaired. So Ginger's work speaks for itself in a lot of ways, but she received that award and has been an incredible support and help to me as I have sort of um, come into my role here at the Seeing Eye. So that reunion was super special. And then Glenn Hoagland, who is our president and CEO now of the Seeing Eye, joined us in the fall and he transitioned into his role. And, and I, I have to say, I can't imagine that he ever knew that he would be, you know, a new, new-ish CEO during a pandemic, which we haven't seen the likes of anything like it for, you know, about a hundred, a little, a little over a hundred years. So that's probably not what he thought he was going to be doing, but that is what he's doing. And he, to this day says that he he's still very glad to be working for the seeing eye and to be part of such an amazing organization so we're, we're glad he's here to help lead us through this we formed a digital accessibility committee also during this this past year it's it's a task force that is committed and and as a member of that task force i can tell you that the seeing eye is committed to making sure that we are digitally accessible to our graduates, to our students, to our applicants, to, to the public who needs to be able to access our materials with screen reader and, and other sort of tools. Obviously, accessibility is a journey. It's not a single event. And I think that we're doing really well, but we have the support uh, that we've contracted with an ex a well-known accessibility consultant that, that is making sure that we do what we are supposed to do and what we are committed to doing on that score. We have hired some new instructors. Our goal is to have six on a team. We're getting close to that because, of course, that will give us better teaching ratios, and we're almost there with that. We conducted a survey concerning... Dog, guide dog attacks and interference at the end of last year. And we've been doing a lot of work on analyzing and tabulating and making a determination about how best to use those results to help and, and educate and help the public and guide dog handlers, of course, first and foremost. So I should have said that in the opposite order, but if we don't educate the public, it doesn't help us. And then also internally, what can we do to make ourselves a better school and a better training program and equip our grads better in that area? This survey was conducted specifically of seeing eye graduates. And there were some reasons for that. One of it, those being it helped us control for our, our sample size and, and sort of helps us know best how to continue to support our graduates dealing with the increased type of interference that we experience as guide dog handlers, but it will also benefit the public and other guide dog handlers. We want to make sure that that information is, is helpful and available. We have been in limited operations since March, the middle of March, um, now, now moving on to more you know, pandemic-related issues. But we are never fully shut down. That does not happen at the seeing eye. Obviously, we have to maintain our grounds and we have to 
think about we have very dedicated veterinary staff and puppies were still being born and needing care at the breeding station. So things did not, they, they went into limited operations with, and our donor and public relations department still working very hard to fundraise. So shutdown would not be a good way to describe what we experienced, but we, we certainly are looking forward to getting back to achieving our mission in, in, a, in this new normal in the way that we, we best can. You know, during this time, all staff were paid and received benefits, so we are extremely grateful for that. We are, during this time, we have continued to provide education to, virtually to O&M programs about guide dog mobility instruction with the, with, through our training department and our outreach department. This, these are programs that we used to visit throughout the U.S. and Canada before this situation arose with the pandemic. And we've had to come up with some really interesting and creative ways to provide this virtual education, which we will continue to do for the orientation and mobility programs until we are able to return to visiting them. We are beginning to return to dog training operations gradually in July. We are going to start training small numbers of drivable students, local students that can be driven to the seeing eye at the end of August. We obviously have to take things slowly and safely. And we're going to be doing some home trainings for people within commutable distance as well. We obviously have to make sure that we are adhering to all of the guidelines that must be adhered to the CDC and other guidelines during this pandemic. We have worked with a scenario planner to make sure that we have some different strategies for doing that. Obviously, we want to get back to achieving and fulfilling our mission as much as we ever did in this new normal and, and continue to be better. We're nimble, we're strong, but of course, safety always has to come first. So that's all I have to say, and it's gotten very quiet, so I very much hope that I did not freeze and that you all can still hear me. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Teresa Stern, and I'm the Vice President of Outreach, Admissions, and Alumni Services at Guide Dogs for the Blind. I've been with Guide Dogs for, oh my God, 21 years. Oh, getting old. Anyway, um, and I'm here today with my guide dog, Wills, who is sleeping at my feet and wishing that he was hanging out with your dogs. So um, I'm going to kind of uh, start, for those of you who don't know, um, Guide Dogs for the Blind has two campuses, one in San Rafael, California, in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and one up in uh, near Portland, Oregon. And we've been serving folks since 1942. Um, and I'm going to start out with uh, kind of like, <laughs> like seeing I did a little bit about the sort of pre-COVID, the PC, PC, before COVID. Um, 
we uh, some of the things that have happened so far that we're kind of excited about. Um, so uh, we were able to have our seventh alumni reunion. Uh, we are the only guide dog school with an active alumni association uh, of chapters and um, folks. Uh, we have a board of directors of alumni to um, kind of manage all of our alumni programs because um, we really believe it's super important to, um, in order to remain relevant and be a service that, you know, those of us who are blind and want to use a guide dog uh, want to use, then um, we need to be really in touch with our uh, with our folks, our graduates. So uh, we had a great port one in Portland, a great um, uh, uh, reunion in Portland, um, where we featured something else we're pretty excited about. We featured um, our movie, uh, Pick of the Litter, which was then picked up as a series for on Disney+. Plus. Um, so if you have had a chance, I mean, I'm, we're all sort of like sheltered in place, watching a lot of TV. I know how that is. Um, it's a really fun series, um, and especially, for, I think, for guide dog users, because it brings us all back to getting our guide dogs and the first day and finding out the name of your guide dog and then some of the... Um, you know, kind of trials and tribulations of working with a new dog and then graduating. And so um, so that's kind of a fun thing to do. So we're, we're excited about that. We also were able to finish our um, puppy center, which is a huge uh, project for us. We've been working on for a couple of years. Uh, this center will hold all of our moms and, and puppies and um, really will provide us with great um, sort of uh, security in terms of, of you know, by, of uh, disease spreading and biosecurity, I guess is the word that I want for that. So we're super excited about it. And, um, and so that was, that's all good news. Uh, we also last year uh, hired uh, Rabia Dow, and he's a guide dog user. He has, um, he has been our director of advocacy and outreach here at Guide Dogs, and um, we're, expect, we're excited to have him in that role. One of the things that we were working on, we were so excited about, was um, we had a bill that we were working uh, with the state of California on to um, really kind of put some teeth into uh the, the companies that sell all the fake service dog stuff online and really making that um, much more difficult for people to do because that really tends to, um, you know, be a problem for those of us who have guide dogs, legitimate guide dogs out in the world. And so we had a bill, but then everything closed down with COVID, including the legislature. So hopefully we'll get that back up on their calendar next year, but um, we'll keep you posted on that. So, uh, speaking of COVID, um, so when things sort of started ramping up in March, uh, we started uh, moving off our campuses. We were still operations, anyone who could work from home, which was a lot of us folks, outreach admissions, client services, the sports center, um, all of us folks that are mostly on the phone and on the computer development uh, worked from home and are still working from home. Uh, those uh, we still had some folks on campus with our with our dogs that uh, were having babies, and so before we could take care of babies, we also sent some litters home to a staff of ours who were 
prepared for um, sort of raising those dogs. But we got most of our dogs off of campus in foster homes um, with people, puppy raisers and people that uh, we uh, trust to kind of continue and, and keep up the good skills that those dogs had. So we did that by sort of having our training department in connection with so each of their dogs, they were in direct connection with the foster care people that were taking care of those dogs off campus um, to kind of keep an eye on their progress. Um, of course, puppy raising was still going on, and boy, we had to, we all had to pivot to Zoom, right, like we're doing now. So um, all of our puppy raising meetings and trainings and stuff like that um, were done through Zoom. A lot of our outreach stuff is being done through Zoom. Um, you've heard from a couple other schools, their O&M seminars um, for professionals being done through Zoom. We're also doing the same there as well. So um, uh, another sort of Thing that we're trying to do for folks that are is our applicant engagement committee. So we're staying in touch with those of those of you who are waiting um, patiently for your guide dog and for class, um, and keeping keeping folks engaged in the in the process. With um, we've had a couple of webinars and documents we're sending out um, on how to and also also trying to keep our graduates um, who are now probably shelter in place or not getting out as much, keeping uh, their skills up. We have um, a couple articles that we've written that are on our website if you want to check them out, uh, boredom busters and back to basics uh, with some tips on keeping the dogs engaged and your relationship strong, even though maybe you're not out working as much as you normally would be. So we are um, taking a phased approach to, um, to returning to full operations and um, trying to be very thoughtful about that. And our overall philosophy is um, lead with care. And so we really want to make sure that everybody is kept safe. And, um, and so we've had a, an a operations team working with our executive team to make sure that this transition goes really well. We have a COVID officer who um, her job is to check every day because everything changes all the time in all the counties and states and things like that to keep an eye on what's going on. Um, and we uh, have been continuing to accept applications. We're doing home interviews a little bit differently now um, uh, where we're doing, you know, the, the interview, either FaceTime or Zoom or on the phone, that kind of talking interview, and then, um, and then having folks do some video, uh, that kind of thing for the actual O&M piece of it. And if we don't feel like we have enough information, then we're waiting and going back out to see that person once, you know, travel is cleared. Our client services team, um, which is the support center and all of our field managers have been working this whole time, obviously on the phone, and now starting to get back out into the field um, using, of course, appropriate PPE so that we keep everybody safe. And I just want to say, as a person who's blind, and, um, you know, it, it just, I can't think of a nice way of saying it, but it sucks, right, to have a mask and have to be out walking around with a mask because it really does affect our ability to see um, the social distance thing thing is hard, you know, try to explain to your guide dog six feet. So we understand all that's going on. And so we are actually working with our graduates um, in helping us uh, figure out some of the best practices going forward in training our guide dog teams and in getting back into uh, class. 
So like the other guide dog schools you've heard from, we're you know, starting bringing dogs back on campus. We're starting to do some training of the dogs, getting them back up and running. And then we will be um, serving people towards the end of the summer. And likely those those will be people that are driving distance in case somebody gets sick um, and uh, doing a lot more in homes. So, um, so yeah, it's been crazy. We are excited to be back up and running. Um, but, you know, we really just really want to be sure that everybody is safe out there. And, um, yeah, so that's my report. This is Becky Floyd, Executive Director of uh, Gallon Heart Sky Dog Center. And I want to tell you folks what a great job you have done with this virtual conference. That is absolutely superb. Um, I, I didn't know it would go so well, but it's going great. Um, so thank you, and thank you for allowing us to come and, and present. Uh, obviously, we are a small, small school. So things haven't changed a lot for us because of um, COVID-19. Uh, changed some. We haven't been able to place dogs. Placed our first one again um, uh, two weeks ago and uh, getting ready next week or the next to place another one. But um, we are still training dogs um, uh, limitedly uh, because, of course, you can't do some things, a lot of crowd work and so forth that we would like to be able to do. Um, but uh, anyway, we um, do have some dogs that are various places in the training program. Um, We've got a bunch of new ones coming in. Um, our puppy raiser program, we're doing a lot of it by video and uh, uh, some by Zoom. Um, we're doing, um, of course, we do own in-home training anyway, so that hasn't changed. But um, we do um, phone interviews. We do videos uh, from the graduates to see their coordination, balance, uh, gait, and, and that sort of thing. Um, we... Um, so things are going along as um, as best they can. Um, the worst thing was one of our primary fundraising ventures was shut down for two and a half months, and uh, that kind of hurt a little. But we uh, we had prepared for such occasions, and so it's not not affecting us right now. Um, we are building a whelping kennel. A small whelping kennel. I mean, most of the schools would be just alarmed because it's it's small. But we don't ever intend to be a big school. And um, uh, we are building it where they will have constant access to um, to people. Um, even during the night, if a puppy needs us, we're there. Um, so uh, it, it's, uh, it's going to be very nice. It should be completed uh, in probably September. It should have been completed before, but the rain has stopped that for a while. Uh, they were just ready to pour some concrete, and uh, it started raining and rain and rain and rain. But anyway, we'll, we'll get there. But that has been a long time in coming. Um, gosh, some of our first graduates, our first graduate is uh, ready to retire her dog at 10, and uh, so that's kind of a 
startling thing for us. We're just not quite ready for this. They're not supposed to get old that quickly. Um, we um, are um, working on our German Shepherd breeding program um, a lot right now and hope to have some really terrific. We've had some good German Shepherds, but not enough of them. So that's why we're working on our German Shepherd program to have a few more German Shepherds available to us. Uh, German Shepherds that are sound in both body and mind, which, as many of you know, is something that's difficult to come by nowadays. So um, we are, uh, of course, we um, do a preliminary orthopedic foundation for animal evaluation of hips and elbows prior to putting a dog into uh, actual guide dog training. So um, they have to be able to get by that at 18 months or they don't go into our program. We uh, have a, a number of applicants ready to go to our admissions committee, and um, that should be in the next few weeks. Um, so th that part of our program is continuing. Uh, we're continuing to take applications, uh, go through the application process, do our interviews, and do um, videos, and do the um, have our admissions committee meetings. So that uh, hasn't changed at all. All right, let's move on to Jennifer from Fidelco Guide Dogs. All right, hello. Thank you for inviting me to your conference. It's very exciting. Um, I have uh, a lot of similar um, feedback to some of the other schools um, in that we have also been operated in limited operations. Um, we also never shut down fully. Our vet med team was there every day still uh, conducting appointments and keeping the puppies uh, healthy. We did have uh, a couple of litters whelped also over the past couple of months. And in fact, today is our very first day um, that the trainers um, reported back on campus. So we um, we have had some of, uh, opportunities to keep the training up over the past three months. Um, we have had most of our training staff has taken a dog home with them, sometimes two, and kept it at home and done its training daily. Um, we also have a, a handful of the dogs went back to their puppy raisers. Um, for for the for the time being and just returned back to the kennel today um other times we've had a trainer go when it's safe and pick up the dog from somebody who's housing the dog um, nearby and trained it for the day and then returned it back to the that family at night um so our um our trainers and vet med team are now back on the premises um our development department um admissions um any kind of um fundraising uh, staff are all still working virtually, working from home, and they will continue to do so at least through the beginning of next year, um, administrative uh, admissions, all of that. Um, our puppy classes have been going on virtually um, via Zoom, and they will continue to do that. They're, we're not gonna be having um, on-campus puppy classes, um, at least for the foreseeable future. It kind of changes day by day, like everybody knows um, in terms of COVID, um, we had uh, been all set to move forward with a few placements around the country, um, and that had to be put on hold again. Um, so as of now, 
We are not traveling outside of Connecticut. Um, we're doing uh, some follow-up visits via phone, via technology, um, where, where possible. Um, but unfortunately, the travel around the country is uh, suspended. Um, let's see, we have a new CEO of this year. Um, we have uh, Karen Tripp, who's been a board member since 2011, um, has stepped up and taken over as CEO. Um, let's see, we also, for those of you that don't know, um, Fidelco does, uh, works only with German Shepherd dogs, and we also have always um, only done in-community training. So we don't have um, a dormitory facility, um, and so we always were kind of uh, home on the road training. Um, we are in about in the 30s this year as far as number of dogs placed. Um, really, are trying very hard to get that number back up. We've increased our breeding program, and we also have uh, developed a collaborative with a couple of other guide dog schools where we've been doing some exchange where um, we might borrow a, a dog um, for to sire a litter, um, swapping a puppy from a certain litter, uh, you know, a, a one dog from our school bred to a dog from the other school. So we're, we're really excited about kind of experimenting with that and sharing resources and coming up with the healthiest possible um, dog with the best temperament um, suitable for guide work. Um, I probably should have introduced myself. I will give a quick introduction. My name's Jennifer. I'm a trainer. I've been a trainer since 1996. Um, taking a couple of little breaks for when my children were, were young. And I just actually started in May, um, started a master's program to become in a certified uh, orientation and mobility specialist. So I'm actually in the middle of learning Braille, which boy, <laughs> that has been challenging. It's uh, it's very interesting. Um, actually, I'm enjoying it, but it's just it's just when I thought I learned something, uh, I, I I got it down. Then they they throw in some more word signs and group signs and whatnot. So um, so yeah, hands hats off to to all of you that are fluent in Braille. Um, Anyway, uh, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else I missed here. We, we also have uh, three apprentices, um, and none of that has changed. And we were also very fortunate as well to, um, to have our staff still maintain um, on salary um, with full benefits and everything through this pandemic. So we're, we're extremely fortunate, and we really are looking forward to being able to get back out there um, and doing those in community placements and, and helping more people. So I don't want to take up too much more time. So if I missed anything, um, if anybody has any questions, um, I'm, I'm, I'll be here till the end. Yeah, I'm really sorry to not be with you all this year. The the conferences are something that I really enjoy. So um, so thank you for putting this together. Um, I'm sure we've all been involved in a lot of virtual uh, Zoom and Teams and all these different technologies that we have. So it's it's great that we can actually still come together and communicate. Um, so uh, for those that haven't met me before, I'm David Lachlan. I'm the director of programs here at Leader Dogs. Um, we're located in Rochester Hills in Michigan. Um, and so my background, so this is my 21st year uh, in the guide dog industry. I started as a GDMI and um, worked my way through. So um a little bit of post-COVID stuff, as, as we seem to be calling it. Um, so our last class, which is crazy to think about, um, closed down, gosh, uh, very beginning of March. I think it was March 5th. That was our warm weather class down in Florida that we do once a year. 
Um, not looking to do that this coming February, March time, but uh, that was actually our last class, which is amazing to think about. Um, we'd also launched our Facebook alumni page for anybody that had been through our orientation and mobility or guide dog programs. Um, so that, that was launched. Um, I think we have somewhere between 150 and 200 uh, alumni on there. Um, and we were planning to uh, update the residents as well, but we've put that on hold for now until we figure out um, what the future is going to look like for us. Um, so during the last three, four months, um, as we closed down, we had about half of our dogs out with team members and volunteers in, in the homes, um, and probably less, less than half actually, still on property, um, where we had a, a skeleton of dog care and the vet team and um, so we did keep some operations going in terms of our dogs. Um, so where have we been and where are we looking to go? So GDMI has actually returned to full training on June 8th. So it's been about four weeks um, when they all came back. They were on split shifts to begin with, and, and they are now actually back to a regular shift as of last week. Um, and we just really utilize the the vehicles that we have to spread everybody out um, just to ensure that everyone had got their own space. Um, and so in terms of class, we actually have started a local, very local. I think the client's probably 45 minutes from the Leader Dog Campus uh, and in-home training today. So this is the first start back to training which is awesome uh and of course we've like all of the schools are looking at have protocols in place in terms of how we're going to train use of ppe um and distancing as much as possible so you know questioning do we really need to go in the home or can we do touch bases via technology the phone whatever it might be so uh all of those sorts of protocols in place and we ha are actually going to be starting our residence program next Monday. Um, um, so we, we're fortunate that we have a, a relatively large uh, residence. We have 30 bedrooms there, and this is going to be a class of looking around five or six. So we're starting very, very slow, um, very small, and all of those clients are um, driving. Um, for the same sort of reasons the other schools have talked about, should anything happen, um, we can get people home um, much easier than if we had to to worry about flights. Um, so in the residence, um, we've really changed a lot of that around, not only in terms of the layout of where there's seating, um, the dining room is, is huge now as it goes out into the banquet room and everybody's spaced out, but also clients have the option to eat in their rooms if they prefer. Um, so lots of options there, as well as just the protocol of how we'll be running the residence um, in terms of going out to trips and, and coming to meals and things like that. So um, we, we have all the, the, the necessary um, protective equipment as well that we need. Um, so uh, field-wise, field uh, we, uh, throughout this, obviously maintain contact with anybody that needed. We were obviously unfortunately, unfortunately able, unable to travel, but we use technology where possible. Um, we have field reps in, in various states. Um, so they've now started to visit um, clients who, who really need 
uh, that support. Um, and I'm the one who's responsible for looking at each state and looking at the numbers of cases and what's happening in those states um, for, in terms of their executive orders so that we can decide if it's if it's safe, if we're able to go or not. So um, we really are, as I'm sure everybody is looking at those things on a, a daily basis. Um, so uh, in terms of team, um, for those of you that uh, know or knew of Rod Hainline, he retired officially June 1st, after, July 1st rather, after, gosh, 39, 40 years um, with Leader Dog. So um, he, he's still with us on a, a consultancy type basis and working on some projects, but he officially retired from his chief operating um, or Chief Programs and Services Officer position July 1st. And some of you may have met Lorreen Sudan last year. She came with us uh, to the conference and she uh, has now taken the position of Chief Operating Officer. She was previously the Chief Financial Officer. So she uh, is now my boss uh, to introduce you to her. Um, so really, that, that's, they're the main updates uh, in terms of what we've got going on here at LeaderDog. Um, uh, we're excited to get back to some training. Um, we're taking every precaution that we can. Um, uh, we also prior, we called everybody on the wait list, all the clients that were waiting training, just to talk through um, what protocols we were going to be putting in place here and have put in place. But not only that, to see what their thoughts were and what their needs were as well, so that we could put a whole picture together of how we were going to train. And we've had clients who were perhaps due for residential training that have switched to in-home training, you know. So we're, we're really trying to be as flexible as we can be. Um, we're, we have traditionally for many years trained international clients from, from Latin America. Um, and right now... I, I don't know when, sadly, I don't know when that will return. Um, the aim is that it will. Um, but as we, I'm sure we all are aware, when it comes to any international travel right now, it's it's really a no-go. So that's, that's really sad for us um, uh, at this current time. But as I say, as we learn more and, and hopefully as, as things get better for us all, we'll, we'll return to that training as well. So... So thank you. And um, this question is for Guiding Eyes. I heard a rumor that Becky Davidson is no longer working with the school. I want to know, A, is that true? And B, if it is, who is going to be replacing that position? Hi, Linda. This is Jesse. Uh, you are correct. Becky Barnes Davidson retired this year um, in early June. We miss her desperately. She's been around forever. Um, and we are planning on um, moving someone into that position in the future. Um, but we don't, we don't, we haven't opened up that position yet. Um, we're just trying to focus on getting training and, and getting everything back together um, during the pandemic. And then we'll look at um, doing, uh, putting, then we'll look at getting uh, someone into that position. Hi, good afternoon. Um, this is Judy Matthews. Thank you so much to all the guide dog schools for all your hard work um, during this crazy, crazy time. Um, my question is to all the guide dog schools. I was wondering um, which of you uh, 
is training uh, students in Spanish at this point because um, a lot of my clients, I'm a vision rehab therapist and I work with a lot of Spanish speaking clients. And also I've had a few clients lately asking about hypoallergenic breeds um, like poodles and such. Um, wondering if anybody is still doing bichlas, um, maybe gallant hearts or uh, so it, those were my two questions. So Spanish and hypoallergenic breeds. This is Rivi Israel from the Guide Dog Foundation. Okay, go ahead, Rivi. Okay. Uh, we do uh, have hyperallergenic breeds. We do use poodles for people who do have documented allergies. Uh, we do not have any Spanish-speaking instructors, so unfortunately we don't have a Spanish program. But I know David does, so David will probably have to answer that one. <laughs> yeah, this is David from Leader Dog. Uh, yeah, so we, we do um, train Spanish-speaking um, both from mainland Spain because we work with uh, La Once there and also our clients that come from Latin America. And so we actually use, we, we actually do have a couple GDMIs that speak Spanish, but that's not the complete model that we use. We also use volunteers who will interpret between the client and instructor. Um, and they are either volunteers of ours that live in Latin America or um, come with clients from Spain as a part of the Red Cross. Um, in terms of hypoallergenic, we sadly do not um, have any of those dogs at this time. Um, we don't plan to. Uh, I know that's something that often comes up and has throughout my career. Um, it's, it's a really tricky one in terms of finding, because it's usually a very small number of dogs. Um, and then you, you mix that with the success rate and then finding the right match. Um, it can be done, um, but we aren't doing it at this time. This is Becky Floyd with Gallant Hearts. Um, we currently are experimenting with uh, poodles and uh, as a hypoallergenic dog. And we also, of course, have the very short-haired Doberman pinchers, which are certainly not for everybody either, but uh, we do have those. Uh, right now, we do not have the capacity to uh, train uh, Spanish-speaking people, however. So hopefully in the future, we will but not right now. Thank you. And thank you. Wow, what a great program. This was really exciting. I hope you'll join us again next month for the Juno Report when we've got another pretty exciting program lined up. But in the meantime, I want to make sure... Listening to oh, stop Juno interrupting Report. yourself there, Brought Deb. to you by Guide Dog <laughs> Users Incorporated, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. The Juno Report is a monthly audio magazine featuring all things guide dogs, training programs, and items of general interest to guide dog teams. We welcome your feedback, ideas, and suggestions. Get in touch with the Juno Report by emailing junoreport at guidedogusersinc.org. Again, that email address is juno, J-U-N-O, report at guidedogusersinc.org. Until next month, this is Deb Cook-Lewis with the Juno Report saying, be good to your dog. Well, that's what I was going to say, wasn't it? See you all next month on the Juno Report. <laughs>